very uplifting way to begin the Liturgy of the Word today, (laughs) if you're listening, the first line was, is not man's life on earth a drudgery? The last line, I shall not see happiness again. Please stand for the creed. (laughs) So the book of Job. um, We kind of know about Job as as sort of a construct, perhaps, and maybe not everybody's read the the, the actual book. But the book of Job is probably uh, given to us as a parable. Um, and it's not particularly important whether there was an actual Job or, or not, because the book really is conveying to us um, a bigger, bigger issue, a deeper issue, a deeper, deeper meaning. So Job had a family. He was very prosperous, you know, so he had a business. He, you know, he had, he had a great amount of wealth. And then very quickly, it's all taken away. He loses all of his prosperity, you know, all of his livestock, all of his, you know, farming, et cetera. It's gone, it's wiped out, and his family is killed. He loses everything. And there he sits in that moment saying, you know, why, basically kind of asking, the, why, would, why did I even try to be good? If this is how God is, what did I do wrong to deserve this? I mean, getting to the point of, of just almost despair. And one of the points about Job, and it's an important part of the story, is that he didn't do anything wrong. It's an incredibly important point of the story. So in other words, God isn't punishing him, but God is allowing evil to befall him. So the question is much deeper about why does God do that? And what does God have to say? And what does Job have to say? So most of the book of Job is Job asking, well, first people come to him and they're like, what'd you do? What'd you do? You did something. I didn't do anything. You did something. Because nobody gets this without doing something wrong. I didn't do anything. And that is the point. He didn't do anything. Well, maybe your parents did. No, they didn't. Your grand, no. No, no one did anything. It just happened. And then Job begins to question God over and over and over. It's kind of a long book of questioning God. Why'd you do this? I didn't do anything wrong, you know. Why are you allowing this evil to happen to me? What, is this how you treat your friends? You know, I mean, that sort of thing over and over and over. I wonder if that sounds familiar. I think a lot of us have been in that space. Um, I've certainly been in the space where I wonder, how did I how did I get here? How did this happen? Now, as opposed to Job, I can, I, I certainly, as, as maybe yourselves, can look at personal responsibility for some of it, but some of it not. And so there we are in these moments where we've suffered evil or we, we've, we've suffered in whatever way. And we wonder, how did this happen? Or maybe just evil done by somebody else, but still we have this sense of, kind of abandonment or being alone. Where is God? Where is God in this? And if you haven't had that experience, you will. I I guarantee you will. And this is where Job finds himself. What have I done? Now we turn to the gospel because it's important to understand what does God do? 
All right, so we know he allows bad things to happen. We're responsible for some element of bad things that happen to us, but there's a lot of bad things that happen that we're not responsible for, and yet they happen. They continue to happen. What is God's response? Do we have a God who, you know, stays apart from us, you know, at a distance and maybe fixes it or maybe not? You know, sort of an unconcerned God. We do not. The answer, of course, is Jesus Christ. The answer to why suffering is also Jesus Christ. But the answer that God the Father gives to this state that we sometimes and often find ourselves in, you know, individually or even collectively, is that God takes personal responsibility for it. Is God the cause of evil? Thomas Aquinas says, well, in a way, yes, because he created all things. He put them in motion. The very conditions by which Natural evil, things that happen in nature, as well as the consequence of free will, what we, what we cause, happens because God gave the ability. So in this way, not particularly he causes evil, but as a whole, he creates the conditions by which it comes forth. So he takes personal responsibility and personally comes into that which he created and suffers evil with us. As we find out, so, so last week, remember, we, we talked about how God, went, Jesus God, went around and, and healed people of, of uh, demonic influences, possession or obsession. And today we have some of that, but just sort of more generally, we have, you know, Simon's mother-in-law who he, uh, you know, heals from her infirmity, her fever, um, but then also whoever came in the town, you know, the rest of the day, healed everybody who came. And then we're told before dawn, he left, went off and prayed. And then they're looking for him. Simon comes to him and says, hey, you know, there's more work. More people have come. They heard about you. And Jesus says, no, well, I mean, okay, but off we go. There are more people. There are more towns to go to. There are more people to cure. There are more people for me to be present to. My job is to go after the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and I will do that. We have a God, Jesus Christ, who is in search of us. In a way, God is out to get us, but not in the way we generally think of it. He's not out to get us in a bad way. He's out to come to us so that we might encounter him, so that we might be with him. Jesus is always after us. He will never give up on you ever. And I know, I guarantee, some of you have been in this place because you've shared your stories, and I I don't even need to know all the stories. You have been in the place that Job has, and I have as well. And we are tempted to doubt, and we certainly wonder where God is and what he's doing, and if he's there at all. And what we have in the Gospels is a personalized example of what he thinks of our state, which is, I am going to come to my people. Now, he doesn't do it in the same way because physically he's not here. He ascended, but he has sent the Holy Spirit to us to do the same thing so that he may indwell within our souls. He might dwell within us through the sacraments, particularly giving us his grace 
and other ways as well. God never abandons us. Jesus never forgets us. And when you're in that space, I just want you to remember, I hope you'll remember, that despite how you feel, despite how bad it is in that moment, you are never abandoned. There is nothing, even our own sin, that will keep us from Jesus trying to reach us. And in those moments of perhaps even despair, of doubt, of darkness, in those moments, it just takes a bit of courage, motivation, to ask the Lord to enter in. One of the things my mom did well, there were many times growing up where we were in, it seemed like a tough spot. And she always said, say your prayers, call on Jesus. I learned that from a little, little boy. Well, I was never really little, was I? But I was shorter. She did a good job of that. Parents do the same. Children, hear me. No matter what happens in your life, Jesus is always there for you. You can always call on him and he will come. Please stand.